I'll never forget when I was 12 years old, uh, I woke up one time in the middle of the night because I heard some strange sounds coming from down in the living room of our home. Almost sound like a kind of a like an animal crying out or something. I, I couldn't make sense of what it was. I got out of bed and stumbled down the hallway. Saw my mother in the kitchen with her head down on the table, kitchen table with her head down on it. And she was just wailing and sobbing. My father met me at the door of the kitchen and said that they'd gotten a phone call from Georgia that my grandfather had just been rushed to the hospital. He was in good health, 78 years old, no sign of anything, just rushed to the hospital. And with that news, my mother immediately began to pray and really grieve what was happening. And then within moments of that, the phone rang again and we all knew what the news was. My grandfather, my mother's dad, was gone. That was the first experience that I ever had when it came to grieving, seeing grief. And I'll never forget it. Fifty years old today, I was 12 years old then. And and that's what I want us to to just look at and think about during our time together today. I want to share with you a, a guide for grief. A guide for grief. As we've been in this series called This Is Us, we've been looking at these really common themes in this television program that, that really has kind of taken the United States by storm, won all kinds of awards, acclaim. Uh, week number one talked about family, five, five dysfunctions of a family, and then adoption, another great theme in this series called This Is Us. And then last week we talked about fatherhood and and. and This whole idea of grief is also a major theme uh, in this television series. The reality is for you and for me, not every single person is ever going to experience success. Not every person is going to experience peace. Not not every human being is going to have joy. But every single human being will experience grief at one time or another in their life. It's unavoidable. If you have your Valley app, I want to invite you just to uh, go ahead and open that up because, as I said, this is a guide for grief. I want to help you. I know so many, so many people that really struggle with grief, not knowing how to handle it. And again, we go to God's Word, the Bible, and He gives us direction on how to handle it. And so I think you're going to want to take notes so you can look back on some of the things that we're going to cover during our time together today in this finale of This Is Us. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. You'll have many trials and sorrows. He said it's inevitable. It doesn't matter if you are a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're not. It's part of the human experience. Many trials and many sorrows. And so let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you experienced grief? I know that there are uh, uh, people in our church family that have lost loved ones, dear ones recently, experiencing walking through grief right now. I, I, I want to help you. I, I hope that this message is a source of strength and comfort for you. When was the last time you experienced grief? Maybe it's not the, the loss of life, but maybe it's professionally when you had this dream of your career and it came crashing down for one reason or another. 
Or relationally, you thought you met the one and turned out they weren't the one. Or, or, or maybe, uh, uh, m- maybe you, you're married now and, and more than anything you want to start a family and then you find out there's some medical issues, there's some reasons why pregnancy doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe, maybe you're a parent and your kids now are away at college and you're experiencing the empty nest and there's a grieving sometimes that can happen even with that change of season where now the kids are all gone. When's the last time you experienced grief? Sociologists tell us all kinds of studies and surveys have been done about this research that really there are five stages of grief. Five stages of grief. And that is, you know, when we receive bad news, hard news, maybe it's even a a diagnosis sometimes can cause us about our health, can cause us to begin to grieve. Some sort of loss, grief begins to take in, uh, seep in, take over. So five stages of grief. First of all, shock and disbelief. Shock and disbelief. Individual believes that the news is somehow mistaken and they cling to a false or more preferable reality. No, 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 this can't be happening to me. This can't be the reality. Shock and disbelief. And then the next stage is this anger. Anger. Individual acknowledges that denial can't go on forever and they become frustrated, especially towards those that are closest to them that may not have anything to do with the situation, but they lash out in anger. Third stage is, is bargaining or or guilt, bargaining and guilt. The normal reaction to feelings of helplessness is vulnerability. And so it's often a need to regain control through a series of if only statements. If only I had been there. If only I had been more aware of what I was eating, my diet, my health. If only I'd exercised more. If, if only I'd gone home last Christmas. If only. Guilt often accompanies bargaining because we believe that there's something that we could have done, something that we should have done that would have changed the situation. Fourth stage is depression. Depression. It's challenging for the individuals to overcome their sadness when they're grieving. And so they may become silent and withdraw and refuse to interact with other people and sink into depression. And the fifth stage of grief is, is acceptance and sometimes hope. Hope. This is when an individual embraces their mortality and inevitable future or that of the loved one. And this stage comes with a calm retrospective view and a stable condition of emotions. If you've experienced grief, maybe you're experiencing grief right now, what stage do you find yourself kind of stuck at? What's, what's the stage that seems like you just can't get past it? Because this is a common human experience, grief. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14 in the Bible, we don't really have the, the background of, of uh, what, what's really happening here, but the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit's inspiration, begins to write to folks that are grieving, that are asking questions, that are wondering, why is this happening? Look at what it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, these are Christians, Christians experience grief as well, we want you to know that what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. The Bible says as Christians, we grieve, but we grieve with hope. There's a difference. Why? Because of what we're about to look at. Look at what it says. 
For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Jesus is going to return one day again, and he's gonna bring those who have, as the Bible says, fallen asleep. It means died in the faith. And we're gonna be reunited with them. So it's not forever we're we're, uh, separated, it's just for now. Not forever, just for now. And so we have this hope, we can have real hope. And and so I think that there's three main thoughts that, that lead to life, that we need to understand these three thoughts that lead to life when it comes to grieving. And maybe you're not grieving right now, but as I said, it's an inevitable part of life. And so at one time or another, you will, you have, or you will, I have, and I probably will again, experience grief. And, and I just, again, I just pray that this message today just helps you now where you are and in the future as well. Because God wants to give us hope. Three thoughts that lead to life. Here's the first one. I should grieve. It's okay to grieve. It's important to grieve. I should grieve. Do you actually give yourself opportunity to grieve? Let me give you a number of Bible examples here, and you can just go back. This is in your app. You can go back and look at these on your own. Uh, of, in the Old Testament, even when the nation of Israel experienced grief, it was a natural thing. In, uh, uh, when Jacob died in Genesis chapter 50, verse 3, and also in verse 10, it said, And the Egyptians wept for 70 days. And when they came to the threshing floor, which was beyond the Jordan, they lamented there, and there was great and grievous lamentation. And he made mourning for his father for seven days, days and days of grieving. When, when Aaron died in Numbers chapter 20, in verse 29, it says, And when the congregation saw that Aaron, the first high priest, had perished, all the house of Israel wept for Aaron for 30 days, a month of grieving, national grieving. When Moses died, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 7 and 8 records that Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed, his vigor was unabated, and the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. They took a month just to grieve the loss of their leader, Moses. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended, but they set aside a time, 30 days, to grieve. Another example is when Saul and Jonathan died. David took hold of his clothes, the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 1, and he tore them, and so did all the men around him. And they mourned, and they wept, and they fasted until the evening for Saul and Jonathan and his son, for the people of the Lord, uh, for the people of the Lord and the house of Israel, because they had all fallen by the sword. They grieved. And so in our culture, so many times, you know, maybe someone does pass away a family member and, you know, we start looking for airfare tickets and, and then we, we prepare and we go you know, to the funeral and maybe we have a couple meals with the family and then we get on the plane and then we fly back home. Maybe there's some business we've got to take care of for the family on behalf of the family. Then we fly back home and then maybe we take a day, you know, uh, for, for uh, just, just kind of get ourselves back together, a personal day. And then we're kind of like back in the office expecting like business as usual. Everything's fine. Do you give yourself enough time to grieve? We see that clearly in the Bible. And so there's, there's four things here I think that are really important. First of all, be attentive to time. Be attentive to time. Give yourself time to grieve. It's so important. 
As we see those examples, a week, 30 days, you know, uh, make time to go through this process, these five steps that we just looked at. Be present mentally. Be present mentally. Be, be focused right in the present moment. Be fully present. It's difficult. It's hard when there's loss, when there's pain, but particularly in the death of someone. But sometimes it's the death of dream as well. Don't, don't disconnect. Be present mentally. Also, be available emotionally. Be available emotionally to those that are around you. Be real with how you feel. Let me say that again. Be real with how you feel. The, the shortest verse in all the Bible is, is verse, it says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus felt this emotion. Jesus felt grief. And, and the context there was he was at the, the tomb of his friend Lazarus who had died. And, and he was real with how he felt. Be real with how you feel. Jesus wept. Pretty interesting. I've heard some people, some scholars believe that he cried. Of course, you know the rest of the story, that he called Lazarus forth from the dead and, and Lazarus rose up and, and was alive again. Some scholars believe that Jesus wept, not for his friend, but because he knew what he was about to do. He knew what he was going to call Lazarus back from, back to this world, when he'd already tasted and experienced the world yet to come. But be real with how you feel. Be available emotionally. And, and the last one is this, be engaged spiritually. When we're grieving, it is the wrong time, the wrong time to distance ourselves from God. The Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. It's a time to, to run to him. It's a time to push into him. Be attentive to time. Be present mentally. Be available emotionally. Be engaged spiritually. And, and let me just say this also on this point. Don't make any major life decisions while you're grieving. I have seen people just mess up things in their life because they don't recognize they're in a season of grief and they make life-altering decisions that really can't go back and do over again. Just kind of maintain what's happening. Don't, don't make any wild, crazy decisions when you're going through this season of grief. And so the first thing is, I should grieve. It's natural, even as men, it's natural. We need to give ourselves time to grieve. I, I'm thankful when my mother passed away back in 19... Uh, 97, the, the church gave me weeks, a few weeks as the pastor where I, just, I could just process for, for about three weeks time and, and just be real with how I felt and grieve that loss. It's major grief in my life. I'm thankful for the time. And, and so man or woman, I should grieve. Here's the second thing. I should grieve in community. I should grieve in community. That there's something powerful when you realize that the pain that you're feeling, oh sure, the circumstances are different, but other people have felt that pain as well. And again, I've, I've, I've had grief in my life. I've had time of grief in my life, especially very uh, acute and poignant what was when my mother passed away, 57 years old, when I was 29. And... Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for friends that were like family. And I'm talking about in our church family. That, that 
surrounded me and surrounded my wife and my, my young children at that time. Uh, Sophia wasn't even born yet. So, so Brooke was an infant and Michaela was two and a half years old. And, and they just surrounded us. And that, they were friends who actually in that time became like family. I should grieve in community. Don't pull back relationally. Don't, don't cut people off. Don't isolate yourself. That's what I would call making a bad play worse. I should grieve and I should grieve in community as well. There's something powerful when you realize other people have experienced this as well. It's almost like what I call this me too moment, like when you too, it's not just me, you've experienced this, how did you get through it? And, and you draw on the strength of community of faith. It's so important not to isolate ourselves. Think about it just for a minute. Jesus, when he's on the cross, when he's being crucified, when he's dying on the cross, he looks down and he sees his mother Mary and she's grieving at, at what she's seeing her, her boy going through. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 19, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, that's John actually who, who wrote this gospel, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. John cared for Mary just as if she was his mother. And Mary loved John just as if he was her son. It's okay to grieve. I grieve. I should grieve. We need to grieve in community. The power that God made, the power, the strength that comes from others having others around us that can support us, that can pray for us, that can love us, that can strengthen us. In the Old Testament, it's pretty interesting. Job, in the book of Job, when he lost his, his wife, he lost his family, uh, his, uh, uh, all of his riches, his wealth, everything taken from him. It's pretty interesting what it says in Job chapter 2, verse 12. It's talking about his friends that go to see him after the loss of everything, death of all of his family, his spouse, his wife, all that. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him, and they began to weep out loud, his friends, as they saw Job as they were coming to visit him. And they tore their robes, and they sprinkled dust on their heads. Now let me say this. If I'm grieving, and you show up at my front door naked with dirty, I'm not letting you in, okay? I'm not going to let you in. But that was the custom back, now, back then. And it says, Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. Watch this now. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. The idea there is this. It's so important just to be with other people. Not necessarily looking for an answer. Just to be surrounded by other people. They didn't say anything. As I've said before, you know, when it comes to prayer, I think it's much more powerful than saying, uh, I, will, uh, I, I will pray for you to say, I'll pray with you, that I'm here with you, let's pray. Instead of I'm praying for you, I want to pray with you. That power of community together. That's what we see here in Job chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Because a burden shared is a burden that's lightened. A burden shared is a burden that's lightened. And we lighten the load of those who are grieving by being with them. When we're grieving by allowing people into our life and around us.
Romans chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible puts it this way. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. This is what's expected of us, that we would rejoice. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we, we forget. We, we not only need to celebrate with those who celebrate, be so happy for them, but we also need to mourn with those who mourn, that, that we need to be there for others. And, and this is a big reason why we have small groups here at Valley Christian Church, uh, but because there, there's no way that, that, that we can significantly, even the staff, care for everyone who's in our church family. That's why small groups are so important. That's why Jesus had a small group. And, and he even said to his small group of disciples, now my heart is greatly troubled, even to the point of death. He was sharing the grief that he was beginning to feel even before going to the cross. And so that's why our community groups are so important, our, our short-term groups, even our serve groups. It's where we begin to build these circle of friends because grief, difficulty, trials and sorrow is a natural part of life. It's gonna happen. It happens to every one of us. It will happen to every one of us. We need this support system. Be proactive in building it. And so I encourage you, we, we actually, you know, not a commercial, just to make you aware but we actually have our online sign-up going on right now for our community groups for six months, for our short-term groups at about four to six weeks, and also for our serve groups on Sunday. And you can sign up right on the Valley uh, website there for one of those and begin to invest in a circle of friends that have the same faith, same value, uh, so that you can be there for them and they can be there for you. I, I'm so thankful for that circle of friends in this church. You know who you are. They've been here since 1997 and, and, and just were surrounding me and my family when we went through that real difficult time of grieving when my mother passed away. So these, these small groups, community groups, short-term groups, serve groups, this is not because we want something from you. We have these because we want something for you. We want something for you as a follower of Jesus Christ. We want strength for you. We want hope for you. We, we want people in your life that you know are gonna be there for you, that are gonna lift you up, strengthen you in your faith when you face these difficult times because we're all gonna face them. We're all gonna face them. And so I should grieve in community. And here's the third thing. I should grieve in community with hope. I should grieve in community with hope. I want to read you a passage of scripture right now. And since 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want to end with this, but it's a little lengthy, but I, I, I want to read it. I kept looking at, well, maybe not that much, but no, I want to read the full thing because it's amazing the point that God is making in scripture about difficulty, about what he wants to do in difficulty, what he wants to do in my life, in your life, and through our lives in the middle of difficulty in the middle of grieving, really. And we find I should grieve in community with hope. With hope. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I had the tech guys highlight one particular word that's repeated over and over. You'll get the idea. God's trying to make a point here. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. All comfort comes from God. God is all about comfort. The God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. Why? 
so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. See, it's like maybe you're grieving today. Today's your day. Today's your day. This is your season of grief. This is your season of heartbreak and pain. And so we surround you, strengthen you, come alongside you so that what? Because one day it's going to be our day. And that you can comfort us, you can comfort me with the comfort you've received. That's what the Bible says here. Everything God does in us, he doesn't do just in us. He wants to do it through us to others. And he's talking about comfort in troubles and difficult times. He'll give us comfort. How? Not just for ourselves to get us through today, but that when the time comes, we can actually turn around and comfort other people. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture of what it means just to love other people. Everything God does for me, he does not just for me. He does it because he wants to do it through me and you as well. It goes on and says, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we're distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Everything God does in me, for me, he wants to do through me to you and to others. Same for you. Which, uh, let me see, where were we? If we're comforted, it is, our, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience, endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. It gives us perspective. Again, uh, grieving in community, we realize, wow, you felt this? Oh, you lost your father? How did you get through that? And all of a sudden, there's this you too moment, and, and someone says, me too, that's how I feel as well. And there's this incredible strength that comes when we walk out grief. I should grieve in community with hope. With hope. So important. It goes on and it says, and our hope, here it is, our hope is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. There's something about when when I hear, you know, I can remember it so vividly uh, at that time when my mother passed away we were praying and all that and, and uh, for five years and, and she you know, went into remission but then it came back and it, real quick, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and, 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 uh, and, and I remember though there were people around and, and they shared about how they got through difficult times with the loss of someone dear to them that they loved as well and it was a source of great comfort and strength just to give me something to see, something bigger than me, like I'm gonna be able to get through this because God I know you did it for this person and you're gonna do this for me as well. And so our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so you also will share in our comfort. And it goes on and says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Sounds like they're grieving, doesn't it? They said, we wanted to die. We lost all hope. But he continues, Paul continues, and he says, indeed we felt that we had received the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead, and he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and, we, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope. I should grieve in community with hope. How? Our hope is in God. 
On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And it goes on and says, as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Our hope is in God. This is what, as we started reading in Thessalonians, we said we shouldn't grieve as those in the world that don't know God. We can grieve in hope. How? Because our hope is in God. He will comfort us, not just for our sake, but so that we can turn and comfort others as well when the time comes. And so here's, here's the, big, the big idea right now of this whole message. I should grieve in community with hope. You and I, we should grieve when there's that loss, when there's that pain, that heartbreak. But we should grieve in community. We need each other. We should grieve in community with hope that's anchored in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that this world is not all that there is, that God has more. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word that brings us hope and strength. And Father, right now, I just pray for those that are in the hearing of my voice right now that are grieving the loss, loss of a dream, loss of a job, loss of a relationship. And Father, I just pray that by your Holy Spirit you would just give them comfort now. Lord, give them the strength not to isolate, not to pull back, but Lord, to really truly grieve in community with hope the way that you've created us to. Father, heal our hurts. Give us sensitivity to those that are around us. Lord, for those of us that are grieving, I pray that you'd help us to be attentive to time, to be present mentally, to be available emotionally, and to be engaged spiritually. And Father, we receive your comfort now, and we thank you, you're the God of all comfort, and when the time comes, Lord, we will turn and we will comfort others, even with the comfort that we have received as we grieve in community and with hope. In Jesus' name, amen.